Hello and welcome to the World Football in the Portuguese League podcast with me, Tiago Estevão. I'm going to be your host slash resident analyst. With me today, I got two of the best people to talk about Portuguese League football. Mr. Tom Kundert. Hi, Tiago. Thanks for having me on. And Mr. Jamie Farr. Hey, Tiago. Did I say your last name right, by the way? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> uh, anyway, since this is our first pod, I might as well talk about what we want to do with it. I want to take this part in a bit of a tactical analytic direction, because it's what I do, basically. And I want to talk a little bit less about the big teams than most people usually do, as I think they get enough attention as it is. That said, today we're doing a bit of a season preview, so sit along and we will talk about the big teams, because why not? And there's a lot to talk about, there's a lot to get through. So I figured we should, may as well start with the biggest team of them all, arguably, or the team that had the most changes. So Benfica won the league. Tom, Jonah, tell me your thoughts on the Benfica transfer so far. It's quite interesting, isn't it, Benfica? Because you know, I think I have to agree with you, they're the biggest team in Portugal. I don't think anyone can really doubt that. They've won the league four times on the row. Uh, you know, they're yeah, really it's looking... It's tough to argue against them being the biggest team. Yeah. Like, you can't say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Generally looking in good shape. However, this close season, I think they have taken a bit of a risk, of course, because they've sold... Those three players, uh, every season, of course, Benfica sell one or two, even sometimes three of their best players. The thing is, this season, they've sold three players all from the same sector, which is their defence. Of course, goalkeeper Edison gone to Man City and uh, Nelson Semedo gone to Barcelona and uh, Victor Lindelof gone to Manchester City. So that's three... Manchester United. Manchester United, sorry, yeah. So that's three brilliant players, uh, you know, three really of the most impressive performers in Portugal over the last couple of years and they've all left and so uh, they've got a lot of work to do in defence and although I don't really take I'm sure we'll talk about this as the as we go throughout the pod I don't take pre-season games too seriously uh, I don't even watch a lot of them to be honest because uh, Same. <laughs> I just don't really uh, uh, you know I just don't do anything for me but having said that they do seem to have struggled defensively in pre-season So I suppose that's the big question mark over Benfica. If you have a look at their, you know, uh, midfield going forward, uh, they've still got fantastic talents, basically the same as it was the last couple of seasons. I would argue probably got the strongest forward line in Portugal. They, pro they probably have even more options this season, to be fair. They got Seferovic to give an extra yeah. option up front in case things don't work out. So they're, they're even, if Jiménez leaves... There's no issue, basically. They're fine on the wing. They're fine in midfield. But there's really a lot of stuff to be fixed in the bank. Yeah, Because exactly. The issue isn't just the selling. is the fact that they really haven't brought in anyone. And the fans are starting to get frustrated. And it's understandable. Because it's gotten to a point where they're entering the league without replacing any of the three guys that left. And yeah, If you think about it, Thiago, I mean, like I say, well, everyone knows, you know, they sell every year. And the last few big name players they've sold, they've really not brought anyone else in. You know, they've uh, they've been replaced basically by youth uh, by Yeah, they were you know, lucky that players. certain players broke yeah, through. Exactly. I feel like that's something that's unsustainable in the sense where you Absolutely. can't just be expecting yeah. that to happen at any point. Like you, I feel like they're all just looking at the pitch like at any point. They're, yeah. they're going to show up. 
and it just doesn't happen. Not only that, but I feel like like all three transfers, the players can be replaced. I feel like if Benfica wants to invest, and they should, they still have a month to do it, they can very well bring in a right back that gives them width and gives them a lot going forward like Smedo does. They can bring in a, like a tidy centre-back, uh, which is very, very necessary as well. I feel like all those two are very necessary and they need investment, but they could happen in a sense of like, if you want to invest, you can have a player of a similar quality and as long as you bring them in quickly enough. But the Ederson situation to me is very, very interesting just because there is no way in any shape or form that they can get the same thing that they had with Ederson, which is even if they're going to invest in a quality goalkeeper, in a quality young goalkeeper, they can either go for someone with Ederson's quality between the posts, and that's great, but then they lose on what Ederson used to give them with his feet. Or they, they can go for a sweeper-keeper like Ederson was, but he's not going to be as good as Ederson is between the sticks because that the one that's better than him is only Neuer and they can't afford him. So <laughs> there's no way that they're they're always going to be losing something, whomever is the Ederson replacement. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point because um, they're now left with Julio Cesar and, and, and Varela as, as, you know, the main choices. Not really sure if Varela's quite ready for that step up yet. I think he's a, I think he's a good keeper. You know, I don't think he'd be tasked with, with being the number one for the season. Yeah, I think, he was ju- I think he was just brought in as a, like, he had a good season and I think they had the buyback clause. So I feel like they, they brought him back just to make a profit on him. But yeah. I haven't heard any interest from other clubs, so I'm finding this all pretty odd. But still, whatever. Another thing also we have to take into account when we look at Benfica's defence and the goalkeeper, as well as selling those three players, uh, a lot of their, I suppose, who will become number one choices now, are players who are really veterans and uh, you know could have problems in terms of injuries. I mean, Julio Cesar, he's really surprised me since he, come to ben, since he came to Benfica. He's, I've been very impressed with him whenever he's played. And of course, the only reason he's not number one was because Edison emerged and he was just absolutely brilliant. But uh, Julio Cesar is, I think he's 37 now. He's been, he's quite injury prone, got quite a few injuries last season. If we have a look at, of course, Louis Zal, the captain, He's 36. Uh, he's also been having a few more fitness problems lately, which is natural. And you've got players like uh, Elisir. Jardel. Jardel, Jardel is 30 as well. Assuming, yeah. assuming that Jardel steps up to be Lindelof's replacement, Jardel yeah. should be fine. But then you only have a third guy, which is Lisandro Lopez. And Lisandro Lopez is a guy that positionally really isn't great at all. He's become very, I don't know, almost a fan favorite just because of what he does, uh, of his impact. Like, in certain matches on set pieces and stuff and stuff like that, but it's nothing Lindelof-esque in terms of positioning and those clean right. tackles, which is which is what we know Lindelof for, right? So you can't really just leave the squad without a without a replacement for him. Yeah, and then on the right, you really don't have an ideal replacement. As Pedro Pereira isn't, uh, according to what's been reported, it isn't really been impressive in preseason. And either way, I don't. Not sure if he's necessarily the player that Smith is in terms of characteristics-wise. I don't think at any point, I don't think he can give what to maybe what Smith gave in terms of his quickness and how much width he gave and how much attacking support he did because I don't think that's the player Pedro is anyway. And Andre Almeida sure as anything isn't that player. 
so they need a, a right back and uh -huh. I do not know I don't know if they're going to fix themselves if they're just going to go into the league like this and and Juvitao will end up pulling uh, a guy from the B team and it will work out because it's Juvitao and still and stuff seems to work out with him I don't know it's one of those things where it doesn't look good in any way but I wouldn't want to bet against them because yeah, no I've way. seen this yeah. happen before and yeah. they always make it through somehow, some way. So I wouldn't bet against them, wouldn't advise you to do it, but it doesn't look good at all. It's my my thoughts for now. But we have a, an entire month of August with a lot of transfers coming through. So maybe maybe, maybe if they's, the best thing for them, ideally in my mind, is to start the league poorly and that will force the team into going into the market. I feel like if they start the league well, they can get overconfident, not approach the market anymore, and then in two or three months' time be in a complete in a completely devastated state with like a couple of injuries or stuff like that. Yeah, I agree entirely. I think I read the other day uh, something which made exactly that point, but kind of the reverse way. They were saying the worst thing, it was from a Benfica supporter or ben somebody linked to Benfica in one of the sports papers, and he was saying the worst thing that could possibly happen to Benfica this August was to have a good August and to scrape through and get results. And so yeah, it, it seems like, it seems really... like they, they don't need to boost their defence and then the problems will start coming when the transfer window closes. So I think I agree with you. They really do need to uh, bring in one or two new faces in defence, I think. All right, so let's let's move on to... Do you guys want to move on to Sporting or Porto? We'll go, I think, maybe as a, an, an opposite point to uh, Benfica, maybe go to Porto next, because in amongst all that transfer activity, they've only they've only signed one player, really. That's a backup goalkeeper, so... Yeah, the, I, guess, the, I guess if you could consider Abubakar's return as a signing-ish... Well, well, that's it. They've they've got the uh, the the caveat of uh, you know all all those players out on loan. That uh, you know there is a sort of a sense of uh, new new faces in the squad. If uh, if you sort of if you were only following last year, as you say, Abubakar is the is the sort of biggest name of those and and the one who stood out most during preseason. Got people like Hanani and even going down to people like Rafa Suarez. Yeah, Morega. Ricardo Vitor Garcia, yeah, Ricardo is a big one. The squad look, it does look pretty fresh, to be honest, even though they haven't really made these actual signings as such. But on paper, the uh, you know, if they can keep this sort of playing staff together, how it's looking right now, I, I think it's difficult to argue that they're they've got a really good chance, especially with Benfica's troubles. Probably will end up losing Martin Dindy. A couple more faces might go. I'm not sure about Herrera. Herrera might still go um, before the window shuts, but. The squad looks looks really good. Looks interesting. It's I mean, there, I, if we're talking Porto, I can't I can't help but stress a subject called Ruben Neves, which really kind of annoys me. Yeah, um, yeah it annoys me too that one. <laughs> because to me, is legitimately better than Danilo. Right? Indy would surely start under under Sergio. So I really think so. I feel like Danilo is having is going to have a little bit of trouble. With what Sergio asks him to do, he's gonna force Daniel Wint a bit into a bit more of a passing heavy kind of style, and uh, which he didn't, he wasn't necessarily forced into last year. And Daniel is one of those guys. I read a tweet the other day which said that Daniel is one of those guys that excels when his team is doing worse 
because the needle excels at getting balls back and those aerial wins and all those things that require his team to lose possession, that require his team to be on the bat foot. And that's where he excels, right? And to the turnovers, if you're trying to avoid that as a team, if you're trying to keep possession at all costs, is not ideal. Like his passing capacity is not that great. I legitimately think Ruben Neves would be a much better fit. Uh, but they, of course, sold Ruben Neves for some odd reason. So um, I think Daniel's going to have a little bit of trouble. I would argue, if I was Sergio Conceição, I'd start Herrera as a defensive mid. After watching Herrera playing as a defensive mid for Mexico, I was incredibly impressed as someone that didn't necessarily rate Herrera too much. I didn't, I didn't hate him either. I know there are a lot of people that just dislike Herrera. I didn't have any special feeling towards Herrera, but having watched him playing in a deeper role for Mexico, I really think he could excel there. So I feel like this is a this is a very good summer for Porto to sell Danilo. But or it would be ideally in my mind if they kept Ruben Neves. So they since they didn't, it's a bit of a moot point. It's weird. Uh, just as another addition, I don't I don't know if guys like Rafa Suarez, Hernani, and all that are staying. So I can't comment much on that. But I feel like if they're not going to get many min- many minutes, especially guys like Rafa Suarez, could very well go on loan to most teams in the country. Tom, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's really interesting what's happening at Porto, and it. It could be really interesting, maybe even for the future, because uh, we've already talked about Benfica. We'll move on to sporting in a while. But basically, every season in Portugal, the big clubs bring in usually, on average, what, five, six, seven new players, sell you know, sell a few of their big players. And they're almost starting from scratch in, to, in, to some extent. Now, Porto this year, just more out of necessity than than what they'd like, I suppose. They've just been forced to basically go with what they've got, uh, with what they had. And I think it actually could work. I mean, you've, you just mentioned a whole lot of the players there, you and Jamie, and they've got, a, you know, they have got a good squad, quite a strong squad. They're going to have the continuity of last season, but in my opinion, with a big upgrade in the coach. And uh, like I said, I don't watch too many pre-season games, but I've, I've caught uh, once one or two of the Porto games uh, just by chance, I saw the game on Sunday, uh, most of the game, and it just looks a completely different team. Just, uh, you know, just so much more hunger, so much more energy, just uh, and also just a, a very attacking team, which I thought Nuno was a little bit of a copy of Lopetegui, where they just played this, you know, it's very patient style, lots of sideways passing, you know, it's rock solid defensively, and that was like always the number one priority. For a team like Porto, you know, we're used to, well, you know, those of us who know Portuguese football more than the last four years, we're just used to Porto dominating from start to finish. Oh, every single day. And like and being uh, so enjoyable to watch. Yeah, the, exactly. Last exactly. year, I, they were awful to watch. <laughs> I know. And they look a little bit more like they're getting towards that, that style, you know, and I, yeah. I really do think that got- style. There's another there's another person who that style benefits. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I said that that style benefits a guy that left, which is Ruben Neves. But Porto's new style, new fresh face, gives a lot of emphasis to Oliver. Right. And Oliver yep. is really good. I don't know why people are not talking about it. Oliver is Porto's best player. I don't have any question about that. And as long as he's played to his strengths, and as long as people give him. Like what he needs, he can excel and he will excel this season, hopefully, because he's excellent. Last year, when Porto started messing about and throwing Oliver out the 11, forget about it. As soon as you do that, 
Forget it. You know, you can't be poor this couch. If you if your main creative source, if the guy that is the ticky tack of your team is out, it doesn't make any sense. He's <laughs> great. I was very excited to see them put out 20 million for him because they did that this year. We were talking about no transfers, but they did buy him. They did buy Oliver yeah. for 20 million this year, which is a big, big investment, but I think it's worth it. I really like him. It's really funny how people have short memories in football, isn't it? Because when Oliver came that first season, he was uh, under Lopetegui. He was just absolutely superb. He just looked a world beater. And even, and even I, playing, even playing like out of position, like he used to play like from the left, and he he yeah. controlled everything. Like he would start on the left of a four-three-three, yeah. and he controlled everything throughout midfield. He's delightful to watch. That's right. And it was on loan. And uh, I remember at the time people were saying, oh, you know, wouldn't it be great if Porto can buy Oliver? And just everyone just said, you know, forget it. There's no chance. You're talking about. 40 million or whatever, which seemed, you know, I think he was he's still very young, but we're talking two or three seasons ago. I think maybe he was even still a teenager and he was just absolutely brilliant. And that seemed a fair price. Last season, of course, Porto really just was so stodgy and just struggled. Like you said, Thiago, I don't think Oliver was used anything that didn't bring the best out of Oliver at all. And everyone started saying, well, 20 million, what a waste of money that is, you know, for Oliver. And so I agree with you, Thiago. I think he's uh, also considering his age. I think it's a fantastic player. I think he's my guy to watch at Porto this season. Yeah. I think he's really, this is going to be his regular season. He's my guy to watch at Porto. And the second one, I'd say Ricardo, because he's by far the best right back in the league right now. Like, there's no right back in the league like Ricardo. He's the ideal Smith replacement that Benfica, if they could invest on him. Yeah. He's like, he had two seasons at, in France that were like, out of this world like I had no idea he could turn into a right back much less a right back this quality like who knew that that kid that was playing as a striker for the under 21s and as a winger for Vitoria would turn into this sort of right back no put it yeah it's a uh, well you know we're not talking about the Celestial in his squad but just that Portugal are just oh our quantity of right backs <laughs> an absolute embarrassment of right backs haven't they yeah. so so many high quality ones we should switch one for a striker or something. Maybe for a centre-back now. Maybe for a centre-back now. That's what we yeah. should be looking for now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, let's move on to Sporting. A lot of positivity about Porto here. Lots of, lots of, lots of negativity about Benfica. But I really don't think any of us could go ahead and bet on Porto instead of, of Benfica right now. Despite our positivity for Porto and our negativity towards what Benfica has been doing. Anyway, now to Sporting. Sporting is at a very interesting preseason so far. Not talking about the matches, talking about the transfers. Don't care about the matches. Uh, they brought in a couple of interesting guys. Now, I'm very critical of sporting transfers. They seem they seem to always be in like a mixed bag of quality and then or not great quality and then sometimes a good one pops up. This season, they actually did what they did last year, which is a rarity, which is to invest on the player and to stop doing these 1.5 or 2 million euro investments on small players, hoping that on a bunch of those, hoping that one works and neither of them, none of them work. And instead they just invest a solid amount, an 8 or 9 or 10 million on a guy like Dust that they did last year, or this season on Acuna and Boone Fernandes. And they have really good players. They have an amazing left winger on Acuna. They have a really good Adrian replacement on Boone Fernandes, in my opinion. They have a really good Adrian replacement. Uh, they're, they're, they're up to a point where I think Adrian is pretty much gone. Just as an indication of like, Bruno Fernandes is solid, Batalha as well. So they have two options for that. 
center mid role, and I, I really think it's Adrian's time to go, uh, which he needs to for his career as well. Assuming only Adrian leaves, they have a really solid squad. Ideally, they would need a right back. I, in my mind, they would need a right back better than Piccini, but apparently they're getting one to rotate with Piccini, which is unfortunate. But other than that, I think I think the squad's very, very solid. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think that I agree with you, especially in midfield, even if Adrian leaves, it's like you say, it looks certain that he will leave. Yeah, they do look very strong. You know, that just looks almost like a, they're certain midfield, isn't it? Acuna on the left. Jelson on the right. Jelson on the right. William and William Bruno. Yeah, I, I was exactly. so, I'm so used to saying William and yeah. I didn't even exactly. notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that that you know that's a pretty formidable looking midfield. And then of course up front you've got Dost is just uh, you know doesn't know how to not score goals. He's just absolutely it's prolific. Weird. He's just and, there at all yeah, times. Exactly. <laughs> then you've also got a player who's impressed me a lot at the tail end of last season and bits and pieces I've seen in preseason, which is Podence. I think he could he could really have a, a great season for sporting. So again, I'd say midfield going forward. I, I also, I think, I'm quite excited about this Dumbia. I know you've got your doubts, Thiago. I mean, I had my doubts, but the other day I was thinking, or the more I look at this sporting squad, because uh-huh. what I was afraid with Dumbia is that he was going to partner Dust, but apparently, in my mind, he's going to be Dust's replacement while Dost's partner will be either Podence or Alan Huish. So I'm fine with that. Like Even yeah. if I think there could have been a better option, as long as it's to be Dost's replacement, and it's a replacement with very different characteristics, which I think is great. I just don't think this specific one is ideal, but it's not. Like, it's awful. I think he's going to do well. I just think there could be better uses of their money. Uh, but as long as he doesn't start, I feel like it's going to be fine. I feel like I really like the idea of Dost starting with Podence, or Dust yeah. starting with Alan Hui. So there's two options for each, for each position. So there's Dust and Dumbia for the striker spot. Podence and Alan Hui for the set and forward. Uh, on the left, Acuna and either Bruno Cesar or Matheus Oliveira. On the right, Gelson and everything points to Yulim Dush staying as a second option, which, which I like. Even though I just jinxed it by saying this. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to leave on the 30th or something like that. Then for midfield, there's Batalha and Fernandes for the 8th spot and William and, and Petrovic slightly or William and William Petrovic and Polinia for the for the defensive mid spot. So I feel like for, for mid, midfield forward, is it's great. I mean, except if a hurricane comes, uh, comes and takes Jelson away or uh-huh. takes, I don't know, William, like either William or Jelson away, like I think Sporting should be fine. But yeah. I mean, you need to account for the for the possibility of those. Like you can't, you can't get a, an easy William replacement in the 30th of August. And if someone beats his claws, that's that. Or yeah, same thing with true. Jelson. The, that, there's always that, but that's something that you can't account for. So for what they can account for, they're doing fine. The defensive... Like I have my doubts about the fullbacks, about Fabio Montreal's condition on the left. I think Jonathan Silva is a little bit more mature than when he left back to go back to Argentina. So I think he's going to get plenty of minutes where rotating with Quintrell. So I think that should be okay, I guess I want to say that. And on the right, uh, they, they're going to bring in a right back. I'm not too hopeful about Piccini, but I think I still think he's an improvement on Scalotto. I, don't know, I, I think, think they're going to be fine. I'm not sure. The defence does worry me a little bit, the personnel. 
in defence. You know, I think it's a bit of a shame that, you know, Sporting got rid of Paolo Oliveira and uh, Ruben Semedo. I think they were both, you know, just George Jesus just didn't really seem to fancy them. Well, Semedo, he played Semedo a lot. Yeah, Semedo he, he, did. Just, he did. Just kept making the same mistakes, really. Didn't really seem to be <laughs> to capable grow at all. Of, yeah, of improving much. That is a, a sector which does worry me a little bit. I'm not I must admit, I don't know an awful lot about him. I haven't seen a, an awful lot of uh, Matteo or Matthew. Yeah, I think, sure. he's, I think he's going to do okay. I think, like, for our league, I think he, I think he's going to do fine. And plus, like, you can just trust Coates and low, low Yeah, Coates, yeah, he's great. Coates is that good. Brought in Tobias Figueiredo as well, who, of course, had a pretty disastrous season <sighs> last season for Nacional. And that's... Uh... Jamie, give me your thoughts on Tobias. <laughs> Please, go ahead. I remember when he broke through. Um, when he broke through someone's games. leg? <laughs> <laughs> or, he's, he certainly about? tried that a few times, yeah. Yeah, strange one. I thought, I mean, uh, you know, it was a, they were kind of a struggling team the season before, but on paper it seemed like Nacional might be quite a, a good move for him. And then, as you say, it was a complete disaster. The guy's just so reckless. Yeah, remember those reckless. Europa League matches under, under Mark Silva? Or under, was he under Mark Till? Perhaps under George Jesus already, where he just would get red cards for no apparent reason. Like, or for, for clear fouls, but like he would do those fouls for no apparent reason. Like, there's no, I don't think he's going to stay. I don't think there's any reason for him to stay. And I especially don't think there's any reason for him to stay over a guy like Domingos Duarte, who just got loaned out to Chaves. I'm not sure how those things make sense, but I, I guess Jesus does like his guys physical and quick, and to be as is that. He isn't much else, but he's that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's there's always that that fear of of a guy moving moving away, a guy an important guy like Jason or William. But if that doesn't happen, I think Sporting are are good to go. Uh, it's funny because the good thing about Sporting and Benfica is that their main men up top, Dost and John, they're not necessarily afraid that anyone will take them because they're almost in the wrong end of 30, both of them. No, Dust isn't 30 yet. They don't have much market, yeah. which is great because they perform really well. But Yeah, there's they, no sort of resale value for any teams that would want to... Yeah, but they give so much them. to the club that it's fine. And both the, of them the, seem to be... I think both of them also seem to be happy, don't they, where they are, you see? No? Yeah, because they, I mean, they finally get the the star, starlet. Is that yeah. the word? Must be. Anyway, uh, they finally get that that they didn't have previously, right? Jean-Luc was never really a star since leaving Brazil, and Dust, I don't think Dust was ever disloved by anyone. He yeah. scored 34 goals last season. I absolutely love about Dust, and I really, uh, I think it's quite an important uh, factor in some players is whenever he scores, and like you say, that's an awful lot of times, uh, the first thing he does, he's like the kind of anti-Christian Ronaldo. <laughs> the first thing he does is he looks to the uh, the player who provided the assist and he makes a big mm. point. It's kind of sharing their adulation with him. It's really great for te- team spirit, I think. You know, he's not, even though he scored these 34 goals, uh, you can see he's a really good squad player and he really just seem to like being that sport. I mean, you have to, you have to when you're, your 34 goals are, most of them are like tap-ins. Yeah, or, just popped so, on your head. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, they get you in good positions, you better thank them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, apparently the newspapers today are saying that Podence is the, is the guy that will start the league partnering Dust, and I absolutely love that. I think it's the best partnership for Dust, and having Alan Ruiz and I think it's a quality second option, but I really like what Podence offers. And, and this also, might... it must be in the whole of world football, it must be that 
partnership with the biggest discrepancy between. <laughs> <Yeah, no>. It's <laughs> adorable to watch. It's adorable to watch both hands with him. A giant um, a midget. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I say this because I'm not that much taller than Podence, but still, like, like we're all we're all friends. Let's move on from the from the big teams and get into the into the smaller, more interesting sides. Uh, let's talk a little bit about about the teams that are in Europe. I know Vitaly ended ended the season on top of Braga, but let's, I'm going to start with Braga just because they had more changes in their in their personnel this summer. Uh, it has been a busy summer. Uh, they changed manager at the tailgate of last season, uh, bringing in a bell, uh, which is great. I mean, I'm not not necessarily a bell as much as uh, what he like what he wants to do in terms of play style. He wants to bring in an attacking offensive football. Uh, which is what Braga should strive for, right? So Braga, when they changed to George Simon last season, they looked like 1991's Braga, where where they would just counter like any other team. Like they're when you build up a status like they have done, you gotta start living up to it. And if you wanna be the fourth big team, as they say they are, they need to live up to it on the pitch. And I like that Abel is gonna bring that back. Uh, he's gonna bring in offensive football. I like that. I like a lot. I like a lot of their transfers. I don't think they're on top form yet. I saw the match against AIK in Europa League. It wasn't ideal, but it was a decent result away from home. Uh, they'll play again this week, and they have—they're a very decent team. I like that this Braga has a lot of options for each position. They have basically two option, two guys per per position, and they're all pretty much the same quality. And I like that. Yeah, they look good. I think it's a. Uh, I'm not sure if that might be a bit of a problem, Thiago, in terms of uh, their forwards. I think they've got about five or six options, you know, really good quality forwards. It's going to be quite tough for Abel keeping everyone happy. I'm always I'm always impressed with Wilson Eduardo, but I'm not sure if he'll be a starter. We've got Hassan, of course. They've got uh, mm. brought in Diego Souza, who, of course, really good. Uh, yeah. Anyone who watches football, you know, last few years in Portugal, really regular scoring for a non-big team. Quifond uh, is very important. Quifond, exactly. A lot of people yeah. even think that he... He may even get into the picture in terms of the set of sounds. So that you know. Yeah, and the weird part is that Stoilikovic, the the Serbian guy, who I who probably I would rate under any of the others. Oh, and there's Hassan as well. Stoilikovic, who's I don't know if I rate him as much as I rate all the other starters. Apparently, he is the one of the starting two, or at least it was on the first official match of the season in Sweden. It was Huifont with Stoilikovic. Huifont, who I think must start at all times, just because he connects with midfield so well, and you need that on a four-four-two. So you don't get too forced into wide play and crosses continuously. Huifont connects with midfield well. He almost works as an attacking mid. But yes, Tarikovic had an, an average match, I guess. But I like Wilson Edward. He had a he had a nasty injury last season, right? Because he only he was doing very well, and then he stopped stopped playing like halfway through. Like he's returning slowly. But I think I think they're all going to get minutes. It's going to be really important for them to get into Europe. They have to go through this AIK third round, then they have to go through the playoff. But they're into a point where for Maritim it's a it's a challenge. For Braga is basically an obligation because they can't like if they don't end up in the group stage, they're not going to keep all these players. Yeah. Jamie. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think a, a club of of that size needs to be in the group stage, and it, not just for that reason, but the reason you say, yeah, the, the fact that they need need to keep some of these players together. I'm interested to see, you know, they've got they've got some good players on the wings as well. I'm looking forward to seeing how Fabio Martins gets on. Thought he was really good for Chavs last season. Yeah, Hassan's an interesting one. You mentioned Hassan. 
um, uh, both of you that he's a player I've I sort of really like past few seasons. Um, first saw him at, at Rio Ave, and I thought he was a brilliant finisher, like really, really deadly finisher. And uh, he's another one that really suffered with with injury last season. But yeah, as you say, he's got a real a real battle um, amongst an, a lot of decent centre forwards. So there, there has been pretty considerable turnover in the squad, but I think there's some good defensive purchases in particular. I think Raul's a really good signing for Maritimo. And although it looks like he's not going to be number one at the moment, I think I think Andre Moreira is a really good, really yeah, good goalkeeper. Yeah, me too. Because me too, Marifona got badly injured, right? So Marifona is only supposed yeah. to start to return in 2018, which isn't unfortunate, as he seems like a lovely guy. And Andre Moreira seems like a good option. Even Mateus, I thought Andre Moreira would get the starting spot, but Mateus yeah. had a really good match in Sweden just now, so I don't think he's going to get it that easy, but he's a quality goalkeeper. My issue with Braga is just, even with Raul Silverbring coming in, who I really, really like, and he's a good option, I still think their their centre-bats are their issue. They're, they started the season with Hozic and Raul, and they don't really have many options, and I think I don't hate Hozic. If Raul is already not necessarily a ball-playing centre-back, which a, a band would love, right? He's basically forcing Raul into more of a passing style, which he's not used to, but he's adapting. Hozic is like is even worse. And he's starting as well, and he's so mistake-prone. And I really think they need a guy to come in like at a, a centre-back that can play out with his feet. Sorry, it's a shame, really, that um, Ricardo Ferreira's had so many... Yeah, uh, I mean, there's that. Players. There's that option, right? But last year, like, he had a very bad injury, and then when he returned, he had yeah. a very, very bad injury right away. Like, it's bad to watch, because he's... When Ricardo Ferreira was partnering in the Rare Pinto a couple of years ago, like, Ricardo Ferreira was the better one. Or I still yeah. think he is one fit. And Andrea Pinto ended up going going to get a cab for the national team while Ricardo ended up getting injuries at home because he gets injured for everything, unfortunately. And I he's really good. Like he'd be the the whole silver partner. So I guess I guess if they're hopeful about him, they don't need an extra centre back. I don't trust his physical condition at all. Like I can't have a centre back that which is a position that I need to play every week. With basically zero changes, I don't need that guy to be injured for six months twice a year, right? It's it's yeah, funny. yeah, it's a um, shame, really. It was funny last season, wasn't it? Because I think he had that terrible injury. He came back. He played against Sporting at Sporting. Braga won one nil, yeah. and he was absolutely superb, <laughs> Ricardo Ferreira. And it looked like he'd never been out. And then I think next week or two weeks later. Yeah. He got another injury, and that was it for his season. So, yeah. You just hopefully. said that's funny. Out, you're you're being a mean person right now. Usually, <laughs> yeah. I'm the mean out of us. Too. <laughs> no, I just think it's uh, incredible. It's uh, some of some players. They they get these bad injuries, but when they come back, they just doesn't really seem to knock them back. Hopefully, it'll be yeah, the case. I'm not even sure if the if the two injuries were related in any way. Because right. if they're not, then he's super unlucky. If he got two different awful injuries, then he's really unlucky. I'm not enough of a medical expert to know that. So, yeah, let's move on to, to Vitoria, who actually finished the season above Braga. Uh, they finished the season fourth, so they are going straight into the Europa League group stage. And I'm delighted to see that because they're the most enjoyable club in this country. They really are, to me at least. I'm not saying I'm biased. Calm down, listeners. Uh, I'm just, I just really like them. Out of all the small teams, I really like the fact that Vitoria has a following that really only follows them. 
Um, that's yeah. what I envision for this country, and it doesn't happen everywhere, right? Uh, so I'm I'm delighted to see them to see them going straight into the Europa League group, group stage. I'm delighted to see Pedro Martins staying with them. Hopefully, he can do a great second campaign. I'm a little little bit worried in a couple of positions. They lost they lost a lot of players. Well, they didn't lose a lot of players. They lost Hernani, who was really important, and Maega, right? So they lost the two low knees. Bruno Gaspar, who was uh, uh, yeah, and then they, then yeah. they lost Bruno Gaspar, who finally made a made a move to to a bigger team, which happy for him as well. He's he's good. Yeah, that's that's the right back who Benfica could have picked up. Yeah, or Sporting, or literally any team that would look into their market instead of looking outside but no uh that's too easy they like challenges and yeah and they also lost a lot of their center backs so Josué partnered Pedro or Pedro Henrique however you want to call him and then the third option was um Prince Goano and both Pedro and Goano are out they were both on loan and there's nothing going on with Pedro at the moment. I don't know if he's for sure going to return to Europe. I just don't know if he's going to return to Vitaille. And Gohan already signed with Amiens in France. So they really need a centre-back at the moment. They really only have Josué and the season's about to start. They're reportedly going after Abdoulaye, who was the Porto centre-back. And I'm having headaches thinking about him because it's all a bunch of defensive errors that cost Porto points in my mind. And it's like, why are, you get, why are people after him? Do you remember that? He was so mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, the thing so with him is that, is that Vitor Pereira took him everywhere. It, they t- he took him to Turkey and then to Germany this year. So like, if he trusts him, I mean, there yeah. must be something there. Mm-hmm. Just saying, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see it. I admit it, I don't see it, I don't understand it, because he's so mistake-prone and slow. If Vidal Pereira, who won the double with one defeat only, if he trusts him, the guy, know, the guy knows what he's doing better than me. But yeah, so Vitaly really need a centre back. I don't. I'm struggling to see where they're gonna find their their source of goals. Uh, last year they very much had a source of goals in Suarez up until January, and throughout the whole season they had source of goals from wide with Mariega and their Nani. And this season they have neither of the three, and it's very troublesome to watch. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the goals are gonna come from. None of the strikers were super impressive. They brought in uh, this Colombian fella called Stupinian, who looks very interesting. I'm not sure if he's going to play from the left or up top, because he can do both. But I'm betting on him to be very decent, but I'm not sure if he's going to get the impact that Anani and Maega did. Uh, but yeah, they have a couple of interesting players. They did well in uh, signing Salish to a contract for them, instead of just being alone from Efica. Really decent defensive mid, who did well there from January onwards. And they got Shiku Ramos from Porto, which was very nice as well, because he, <laughs> he played for the Olympics, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you, first of all, uh, Thiago, about Gimarães being... In my eyes, sorry to Braga fans, but they are like the fourth grand in Portugal. They're, oh, uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should be. They should be anyway, because they've, uh, like you said, fantastic crowds. Uh, I mean, last season, uh, they always have good crowds. But uh, last season, when they're doing well, you know, they were getting like 25,000, 26,000. Even 000. away from home, they were taking yeah. like 5,000 people. Like, yeah, yeah. To, but to, I mean, like, 25... awful night, I remember this awful night in Oka. And they, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I think, yeah, that they ended up winning. They took like 5,000 people to Oka in, in this night that was 
bloody awful. Like, I, I know I'm Portuguese, so I'm, like, weak to the weather, but it was, like, rainy and cold. <laughs> yeah. And I could barely watch it from home, and they were all there singing and jumping, and it was great yeah. to watch because we don't yeah. have that enough. No, no. Well, that's it. You know, no. like I was saying, 25, 26,000 for games, for home games, not against the, the you know, the Tres Grands, against, you know, I don't know, Tondela or against... Uh, any any other team you know they'd practically fill their stadium which uh as you know you know it's so demoralizing sometimes watching a game uh in beautiful stadiums like i don't know rostella or something like that when you've got about 500 or 600 people or thousand people scattered yep. around the 30,000 capacity stadium and, and they uh, only fill up for the big teams and it's yeah because of the big teams as fans that's yeah. also that's a great point you make about them losing basically their whole uh strike force so that's going to be a problem one player I, I was always impressed with but he hasn't really clicked since he's gone back to Gimmerange or since he's I, I don't think he's gone back since he was signed for Gimmerange it's uh, Rafael Martins I was always quite impressed with him you know Big, yeah, he strong. didn't really didn't really get much going scoring wise since wow. he arrived in January, and then there there came a point where he was even benched for Teixeira, who arrived, yeah, that's right. uh, yeah. for from Groningen in the Netherlands. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what's happening in, uh, to him. I don't know if it's age, I don't know if it's lack of confidence, yeah. but I mean, but he might pick he, it, he, might pick it back up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he gets it going, you know, I could see him scoring 10, 15 goals. So, yeah. Uh, but they need uh, they need options. I'm I'm really struggling to see their right their defense is really really thin and especially thin for a team that's going to be in a European competition for eight ma- for six matches at least. Right. You know what I mean? They have one center back at the moment. Even if Abdoulaye Bay comes in, it's going to be Abdoulaye Bay and Josué basically because they sent Jean Fonso on loan again to Spain. I think he could have been a fine squad player. Uh, they really need to get Pedro Henrique back. Uh, they're right back. They really haven't replaced Gaspar. They already had uh, Aurelio in the club, who is very versatile and play midfield and play as a right back. Uh, mm-hmm. At the moment, he's the only option, which really kind of deters from the point of him being a very good squad player that can fill in here and there when he's the only right back. I mean, that's where he needs to be. Uh, so, yeah, there's only one right back. On the left, there's only Conan, which is fine because I think they have other options in the B team. I'm just not. I, I really just think they should need. To, they should get a right back. They should get at least one centre back. Hopefully not Abdullah. Please. I actually watch their matches. I don't need that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess it's just hoping that the guys that they picked up for the wings, they come good. Uh, they picked up another winger who played in Argent in Argentina in Tigre, uh, called Rincon. I mean, his assists and goal numbers were like a bit unspectacular, but I, I guess I suppose it could work. No idea. Never watched them. Final question. If, given all these problems, which you've just listed there, if Pedro Martins does another fantastic job, like he seems to do every single season, surely he must be in line for a shot at, uh, you know, one of the big three, one of these days. He just seems to do really well every single season, yet yeah, he never I'm gets not, talked I'm about. I'm just not sure yeah. if he fits, like, playstyle-wise. When Vittorio has no space, they create zero things. Last season, like, they had a lot of space to go through, and, like, they created a lot of chances via quick counters and via utilization of their wings. But if you close them down, zero chances. You see, once Benfica got, like, uh, when we, once Benfica gave 
We, we tell you the possession in the final of the cup and they let them try to attack them. They did zero things because they have zero capacity in possession in terms of creating chances or close to zero. So I, th- I think that might be the issue, but I'm not sure if, if that was as much of an issue in Pedro's other teams. So it may have been just a singular case, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like there's when you're in the big team, that's most of your time is just hitting walls, right? It's just trying to score against 10 men who are closed down, or at least in a big team in Portugal. Vitória, even if Vitória is the fourth team or whatever, like there's their matches are a lot more open. Teams can't just afford to bank against Vitória and against every team that's above them. That's not how it works. So they end up getting more spaces anyway. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I no, think but, but I really think he's a good coach. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, I've, I've been a fan of his, uh, watched his um, Rio Ave teams and really enjoyed enjoyed how they played. But yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I guess um, guess if he can have a good, if he can impress in, in Europe uh, alongside the domestic campaign, I think that that could be you know something that kind of pushes him towards those sort of upper echelons of of thinking. Because I think that's been for for club. I mean, even the biggest teams have have suffered with this, but the the smaller teams in Europe have have often. You know, been un- unable to be- basically combine uh, European football with with domestic season without one of them suffering. Belenenses has really struggled a couple of years ago, as as did Rio Ave. Um, Aoka went down last season, the season that yeah. they had Europe. Joined. Yeah, that's yeah. the biggest example. Right, they 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 always struggle. The only manager who managed to do it was Mike Silva, which is real. Yeah, yeah, and so that's because he's really good. Yeah. No matter what people say, but don't say it too loud. It annoys some people. <laughs> yeah. So shall we move on to to Maritim? Okay. So I'm just just moving on on to Maritim just because they're in Europe too. They're in fact in the same stage in Europe as Barga are at the moment. They played against Botev Plovdiv in Bulgaria and got a zero zero away tie. Uh, which is okay. They're going to play on Thursday in Madeira and they're probably going to get a result, I'd say so. It's on their end. Then they'll have a playoff against a team that will very likely be of a higher standard compared to them. So I'm not sure if they're going to be able to go through. But I mean, if they do, it's going to be fantastic to see. It's going to be another team in Europe. But I'm very uh, scared for them. Uh, Daniel Ramos is a very... Solid coach. I like when the team uh, shows itself as defensive and doesn't have like stopping or stopping it from admitting it. So they just last season they were just really solid defensively, and their top scorer was their center back. They used set piece as well, and they were solid defensively. They got a bunch of one nil wins. They got to Europe. And I really like that. I know he's not a, if you can't bring that to a big team. No, you can't. But I like how blunt. It is. I like the honesty of the approach. That said, and I even like it for Europe because you're often playing against bigger teams. So being a side that's uh, generally uh, that defensive deeper and stuff is better, right? That said, that their team is getting thorn apart like yeah. big time. I thought they were going to have a couple of players leaving and that's normal. Fair enough. They had three guys leaving to uh, to Braga, right? Hull, Silva, Fonsejo and Diego Souza. I thought a player in there and that was going to be it. And they kept, at least so far, I thought they had kept their spine, which was defensive mid Erdem Sen, who had a really good season. Uh, the other center back, Mauricio. And uh, Zainadin, uh, the the Mozambique uh, right back slash center back, was going to come into Raul's spot, so everything was going to be good. That said, Mauricio just signed with the Japanese team. 
So mm. they lost Raul Silva and Mauricio, and everything is going downhill. They brought in only one other centre-back, which is a Brazilian guy who I have no clue about, just like they do every year. Uh, they need more centre-backs, and they have not much to show for up top, like on the wings and up top and in midfield, and it's there's there's a lack of creativity, which I would say is fine for a team like this, but then now there's a lack of players to offer that defensive solidity, so there's nothing. There's just nothing, and there's panic in my mind for them. Tell me what you think, Jamie. Uh, I com- agree completely. I'm really worried for them because it was bad enough, as you say, losing Raul and Patrick as well. Um, who was, yeah, uh, Patrick as well, because like, yeah, obviously, like Benfica were mad because they scored against them, so they picked him up even though they didn't <laughs> beat him just to loan him out to another team. Like, hey, exactly. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what big teams here do. Mm, acting like big boys here. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, yeah, go ahead, exactly. go ahead. The, yeah, if, if that wasn't bad enough, but uh, losing Mauricio is a, is, a, is a disaster because those two, uh, Mauricio and Raul, were, were were up there with the best partnerships in, in the league last season, as you said, chipping in with a few goals as well, which was unusual, I guess. I'm not convinced by the goalkeeper either. I think Charles, uh, you know, he was kind of thrown in there because Gotardi got injured last season, had some good games, but not convinced he's the sort of level that they'd want. Brought in Pacheco from from Setubal. Again, he kind of struggled last year. A lot of fitness problems. I don't think he's even played at all really during preseason as well, which is uh, an indication of his, his problems. And they've got people like Ricardo Valente, who I've seen like, him at a few few clubs, and yeah, he's 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 perfectly okay. But again, for the ambitions or you know the levels that they're starting to reach, I, I, I don't think uh, I don't see him being good enough. And uh, the, the squad just looks a bit worrying. Really. Just just to add on to what you were saying, Raul Silva scored seven goals, Mauricio scored three. So there's <laughs> that. Do of that what you will. Uh, but they were their top scorers, and there's that. They don't have either of the two centre-backs. They kept Sen, which is great, but they don't have either of the two centre-backs. The left-back's the same. Uh, in centre-mid, they also lost... I forgot his name for a second. The Portuguese centre-mid that went to Cyprus, which I'm sure I'm going to remember in a second. But yeah, they lost the Portuguese centre-mid that went to Cyprus, which means that Ebel uh, Bessa is a starter now. I think he's shown he's been a decent kind of squad player in the past couple of years. He's, you know, that huge pressure on him now to, to fill... Yeah, not uh, only on him, but also the kid that came in from Braga, uh, Gamboa. Uh, Gamboa, yeah. Very, very decent, but now he's like... He almost looked more as a defensive mid, and now he's being forced into a starting spot as a like as a center mid that is supposed to push forward a little bit more, and it's tough. Uh, by the way, the guy that went to Cyrus to Cyprus is Alex Swaj. Forget his name Alex for a second. Swaj, yeah. the, the squad's must much worse. The guy that they got their their replacements for Diego Souza, they got both Rodrigo Pinho from Braga, who never really got a chance at Braga. And he seems to be the main man for now. And they got this Swedish dude called Lundberg, who came from Randards in Denmark. None of them are really uh, goal scorers by trade. Like, they're strikers, but none of them are really, like, none of them come with goals necessarily. Uh, but I just found this Swedish uh, guy's purchase very interesting. And just because it's weird, I like weird. Uh, so yeah, so uh, hopefully you'll do well. They've got Cater as well, who yeah, ended up being a replacement for Diego last season. But I guess 
I, I even thought Kato was going to be the starter for now, for this season, but... Uh, yeah, another option they've got up front is uh, is Kato. You know, who's, he'd come in around January last season, um, was a bit of a regular for, for, for the rest of the campaign, and I, th- I think he's got I think he's got a bit of potential. He's uh, maybe not really a goal scorer as such, but uh, I think he's been injured the past couple of games. So, again, it just sort of thins their options a bit, and it's... Uh, it's it's a bit of a concern. And I uh, just want to mention that their main creative source to me, uh, it's the Armenian guy, Gazavian, yeah. who can play either from the wing or in midfield. And he's been injured for a little bit, I think. And that's yeah, why he yeah, hasn't he's played. Yeah, hopefully he can return soon. But they need centre-backs. Like, be, like, just send them to be a, a zap. Like, <laughs> the, I can see Sporting doing something like that as... To be as would fit like as soon as it's uh, like as long as it's a deep enough line so he doesn't have to run after people and trump them like he's going to be fine so i can see stuff like that happening like a guy like to be is arriving on loan and a couple more guys happening i don't see any investment i don't like and it's just the usual i was expecting a little bit different of an approach to the market from Mariti this time, but it's just the usual approach to the Brazilian lower leagues that I, to be honest, know nothing about. And it's just always a gamble because sometimes they work and then sometimes they don't. And that's it. And even though they got to Europe, that apparently means nothing in the terms of uh, different approaches or... So I'm not hopeful at all. Like I'm yeah. expecting, like I, I like Daniel Hums and I want to believe they, they can turn this around, but I think he's going to sink a little bit with this boat. I mean, I'm not sure if, if they're going to pull an, an oak. I'm not saying that. Not that dramatic, but but a little bit, a little bit tough. All right, so there's a bunch more teams to talk about, and we can't talk about them all. I just want to ask of all the other teams, or or better yet, before before doing that, uh, let's just do a quick approach to the two teams that came up, uh, because this season is a very special season because Vitor Oliveira is going to manage in the first division. It's insane. I woke up thinking about that. I, it's just weird to me. It, it just won't. I don't know. I have no words. Um, so yeah. There, so there's that. There's my, that's my comment on on Putimnes, Is everyone's rooting for them just because I don't want to ruin my idea of Vitor Oliveira by seeing them go down or something like that. So I really want them to stay up. Well, I was just saying one amazing thing also about Vitor Oliveira is that uh, if you go to his wiki page, of course, uh, you'll see about 500 teams. His manager. Is managed, but uh, the you know what one of the first ones was Portimonense, and it was thirty years ago. So he's, See, he's so got, it's he's, it's all comes back. It's movie like he's had like a thirty year spell between <laughs> managing one club and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no idea. But he's great. He's such yeah. a lovable per- such a lovable lovable character. But I like the fact that we have two teams coming up that have two completely different approaches to arriving in the first division. Timnes is a bit more in the staying with the same squad, doing a few upgrades here and there compared to what they did last year, while Lavs are doing a complete re-all of the squad, right? So they're just picking up players from all sorts of clubs in the first division. They left 15 of the players that got promoted with them, they left them to other second division sides. Uh, so they're now they're just picking up players here and there from all the first division teams, and they're going to build a team of their own. It's weird. I mean, yeah. I just feel like there's a friend of mine 
Um, Tyler, if you're watching, it, this is your theory and it's fine. I agree with it. He says, if you're watching, if you're listening, it is not a TV show. The difference between leagues really isn't that large and is something that happens mostly in your mind more than anything. And I agree. I feel like we have this idea that, or certain people have this idea that the difference between leagues is really large and that now that we're in the first division, we need to approach the players that were in the first division or whatever. And I just feel like that's untrue. Like It's the same thing as players going from league X or Y and Z to the Premier League. It means nothing that you have zero Premier League experience. It means zero things. And I feel like the difference between leagues really isn't that large. The difference between any any leagues, you see Vit- Vitoria Stubal picking up players from our third division constantly and them working out guys like Costinha, guys like Pedro Tiba, and guys like João Moral were starters con- constantly in our league since they arrived from the third tier. And you see no difference because there's there there is going to be differences, but the differences are much slimmer than we think they are. And I feel like that it's a mistake for you to completely reevaluate your squad just because you came up. Coming up is supposed to be an achievement, so you're supposed to be like satisfied with your squad, even with the man- managerial switch at top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that um, on, on that point, you know, Ferenc and Chavs showed last season, you know, that they could make the, the transition very smoothly. Ferenc obviously took a little bit longer to, to do so. I think they both sort of made quite a few signings in, in yeah, but so. but they kept they kept their backbone right. They kept yeah, the, it, the it, backbone that came up with them. But that was like they're just throwing everyone out and bringing everyone in. Precisely, it's a revolution. Yeah, precisely. They've torn up the squad. It's uh, such a weird concept to me. How can you achieve something with the squad? And your first reaction is okay. Now we're changing. How can like those two things don't add up to me? Yeah, big ask for them to to gel quickly. Exactly. Um, that said, I think certainly on paper the players they've picked up should, uh, if if they do gel, I, I oh yeah, no, they're good, they're good. Don't get me wrong, they are good. Exactly, they're they're making really good purchases, and I think they fit uh, Ricardo's style. So mm. I think it's all good there. I just don't think it's easy to join guys together and make them a team like in three weeks. I just don't think it is. Yeah. Or at least it's not ideal. I'm not saying they're the main relegation candidates. They're not. To me, I know very well who are my main relegation candidates. And it's not them, but like it's it's just not ideal. It's it's a scary thought to me to integrate that many people within a club. Yeah, so that's interesting. So out of all the other teams, why don't you guys give me your thoughts on who's one or two teams that that might surprise some people or that might get a, a European spot or something like that. Jamie, do you want to go first? There's a, there's a number of teams that I think was was were strong last year and weren't a million miles off, you know, threatening those European places. And Bovista and Ferenc were, were two of them. But to be honest, looking at their squads, I'm, I'm a bit fearful there whether they can make, you know, whether they can replicate the form they showed last season. Ferenc, I mean, they've kept a lot of good players together. Thiago Silva and you know they've got still got some uh, good defenders like Flavio and and, and Sergio Baj. Um, and they kept it table as well. And it, yeah, which was a real shock because from what I was reading from Lesto was after him. Yeah, yeah, he was apparently close to leaving in January, and then it just sort of seemed quite fortunate that they they, they kept him for the rest of the season. I feel like we're jinxing seen. everybody. 
Like, like <laughs> tomorrow, everyone's leaving Portugal. Yeah. Like everyone's booking flights right now, which yeah, is fine. Yeah. I mean, you just better listen to this podcast as soon as it comes out. So it's <laughs> yeah, if if they can keep keep those guys, then then that's a that's a good sign. Um, you know, I, I, I still worry a little bit that they've lost. I, I worry in 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 the centre forward position because although they weren't particularly pro- prolific they've lost um caramanos and, and platini so yeah they lost both of them so it's a big big impact yeah yeah and i don't know a huge amount about the replacements they've got this guy luis enrique and and joseph let, let me just give you five seconds to talk about luis enrique i'm really excited about him he's one of my low keys one of my players to watch out for he's 19 and apparently he's this guy who debuted for Botafogo when he was 16 and he was considered oh. this outstanding talent all of a sudden he just never really he hasn't really stepped up but it, that was from his 16th birthday to his 19th like he's fine there's so much time ahead of him and they got him on a free apparently like I was talking talking to a Brazilian friend of mine because I really don't follow Brazilian football but for I looked it up I looked up this player and apparently he was fantastic on a football manager two years ago or a year ago so so it, I mean must be doing something right. This buddy of mine told me that he really is talented and he's just not producing at the moment, but he's 19. I feel like with the right manager and the right environment, no pressure. And Ferenc is exactly that. It's a young manager that's really close to his players and no pressure environment, a solid little town. It's fine. It's the perfect place. I'm betting on that guy to or a couple of goals, or not necessarily that as much as to just impress in general. I don't think Ferenc's strikes are necessarily there, like there to score like 15 goals a season. But like, yeah, exactly, I think he's yeah. gonna, I think he's gonna impress. I really do. Yeah, well, that's, uh, well, that's that's encouraging. Because that said, I, I think... that said, that I ne- that said, I never, I only like to say these types of things about players that I've watched, and I haven't watched them. I'm just getting so many good opinions that like. Yeah. There must be something there. And I feel like if he's that type of talent that just isn't working out, I feel like he's going to the right place, to the right manager, to the right environment. And I feel like everything is clicking. So, yeah, I'd, I'd bet on him to be a really, a really standout guy. Tell me tell me your pick. Give me one pick to go to a European spot. Go on. Well, I, I, I started off presenting this by saying I didn't think... Ferenc had a chance. I mean, I, I, I find it strange that you didn't go right away for Hiwab. I felt like everyone was going for Hiwab. I well, feel like my, that's the obvious pick, like that from yeah. the ones that aren't in Europe already. Again, I'm just a little bit sceptical of them, just with regards to some of the... I mean, I, I think... Uh, I know he's a personal... a, a favourite of yours. I think the Francisco Gerald signing is... I love him. Is, is I love brilliant. him so much. Um, I... I, I I was a bit worried. I, I really do. That, um, to be honest, uh, I was a bit. I was a bit worried before that before they signed him because I just thought again the squad didn't look as good on paper as it has done in in previous years. And you know they've got they've got Pele who I think is a really good player, but you know he's, he's got been so injury prone. I look really like Ruben Ribeiro. I think it's really key that they kept him. But I yeah, feel like uh, they have a, I feel like they have a bunch of good players, and I feel like they. I think I feel like they're replacing the ones they lost decently ish i mean i think gerald is a really good replacement for Kravinovic. uh mm. i feel like they can do that creative eight or ten role uh equally well and i feel like they're they're really good at it so i feel like he's the right replacement for him and then there's uh pele coming in which is great uh tantini is still there and he's awesome 
Yu uh, Ribeiro comes in to, for the on loan from Mifika to replace Rafa Suarez. I think I think that's a really decent choice. It's yeah. players that are similar. They just Yu just doesn't offer what Rafa does in terms of set pieces. But other than that, like it's like for like almost. And then they bring in Nuno Santos on a free from Mifika as well, which is a decent deal. More of a crossing heavy type of guy, but like, I think it could work out. So I feel like there's a lot of good. I just don't think they have replaced Roderick too well, like the centre-back that moved to England. Yeah. I feel like they brought in this Brazilian centre-back who apparently called Marcão, who hasn't played in like forever. So I'm assuming he's not going to be the, the main one. So I'm assuming uh, Nelson Mont will step up and be Marcelo's partner, which would be decent to see. I, I that, That's the feeling I got from the their squad setup at the moment. And plus, they bought this Brazilian, other Brazilian guy. I feel like that's the sentence I repeat the most. And this guy called Gabrielzinho, 20-year-old winger, and apparently is Rewab's biggest investment ever. Wow. I, I, uh, yeah. At just under a million. It just shows how much our team's overperform in Europe, because our teams barely pay for players. Is like he, he costed eight hundred thousand apparently, and he's a twenty-year-old winger. And th- there's that. That's all the information I can give you. I just Brazilian football is not my thing. And I asked about him, and no one knew about him enough to give me anything. So, I mean, there's a lot of expectation. I think they're gonna do well. I think they brought in the manager of the same style, which is very entertaining offensive football, like Castro was. Uh, Miguel Cardoso is of that same philosophy, which I like. And they got shit out, so I can't. I'm not complaining. I think they're gonna do well. I don't know if I don't know if they're gonna run the league, but they're gonna be fun. I think I'll go for shouts. Actually, you just mentioned. Yeah, I was, a, I was expecting that. Yeah, I was expecting that. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna call that. Now I have to pick another yeah. one. You mentioned there, Luis Castro. I mean, he did a really fantastic job at uh, you know last year Rio Ave, and uh, even and Porto think, as well. Exactly, yeah, for Porto won the, B and for the Porto. the second division with the yeah. B team. That's yeah. so ridiculously hard. Like, you should get yeah. so much more credit for that than he does. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and he, even when he stepped in, didn't he, a few times for the uh, yeah, for the senior course. team, you know, for the first team, he seemed to, you know, he seemed to know what he was doing and uh, he seemed to have the respect to the players. I think he's a really good coach. He's another one to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, but Shavs, I mean, last season, I think they were probably my favourite team uh, to watch from... You know the non the non big three, I say, the team I watched the most, and uh, they've lost Fabio Martins, who uh, uh, Jamie mentioned earlier. He's gone to Braga. He's a, I think he's a great player to watch. Really exciting. So that that might be a miss, but might not be because they've brought in some really good players. Of course, they've got the lone guys from from Sporting, Domingos Duarte and uh, Matheus Pereira. Matheus was a lot better than Fabio Martins. So isn't an improvement, in my opinion. I really yeah. I don't rate Fabio Martins that highly at all. Just saying. Yeah, I, know, I don't want to be the party that. pooper. I know. <laughs> I, I know you're saying that he tends to shoot on sight. Too it much shoots, say, yeah, it, it annoys but, me. It, it yeah. triggers me a little bit. But there's him. Uh, I also noticed just recently they brought in uh, Jorginho, who... Uh, you know, in patches, he looked absolutely brilliant last season for Aroca. He went yeah, to Saint yeah. I don't know what uh, I don't know what happened there, but it didn't seem to. Do but, much I mean, he's that, on loan. But... He comes on loan, yeah. so I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. should be ah, okay, him. Yeah, yeah, and they've also kept you know some important players. They've also got Bressan, of course, in midfield, Pedro Tiba. So I think they've got a a, a good squad, and uh, you know they. 
I, I expect they'll be quite confident. You know, last season they came up and we we're just talking about the difficulty that clubs usually have or they, you know, they may have when they come up. Last season they were just superb, weren't they, right from the, right from the off. They were never in any kind of problems uh, in terms of relegation. They gave, whenever they played the big teams, they, they gave them a real run. I thought they were really lucky not to make the Portuguese Cup final in that brilliant uh, semi-final they had with Vittorio Guimarães. Maybe yeah. one of the games of the season, I'd say, uh, the second leg. And so, yeah, we have a good, a good coach there. Uh, one also, one thing I like about Shavs, quite similar to Vittorio Guimarães, is basically because it's so... So far away. north. <laughs> So far up north, uh, and it's uh, you know when they get whenever big clubs, even the big clubs, go there, they get good support, they get good home support, and it's really like a you know a bit of a fortress up there. So and they had a, an incredible record at home last season. I think they only lost one game or one or two games all season at home. So uh, yeah, I quite fancy them to do well again this season, and wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all if they made Europe. Just an add-on to your Shavs thing, they got this striker to be their main guy up top. Is going to be this Wilmar Jordan guy from Colombia, and Sporting wanted him like two seasons ago. Sporting was after him. He was this guy that was scoring a ton in Bulgaria and then moved to China. I think it was at some point, I don't know if it was after moving to China or before, but Sporting was after him for a little bit. I don't think they knew about Dos then, but <laughs> now he arrived at Shavs. So that's interesting to see. I think he's going to be this very physical type of guy. And I like that they have Domingos Duarte. I like that they have Mateus Olivier. I I'm not going to lie. There were rumors that Gerald would sign, would sign on loan with them instead mm -hmm. of Huav, right? I saw that and Tom... I'm talking to you now. I wrote yeah. you an entire article on how they would be the most interesting side in the league, and then I just deleted <laughs> it when I saw you. When I saw you went to <laughs> I was really annoyed. So I was just, I was just, yes, this is going to be great. They're going to be my bet yeah. for Europe. Check it out. Check how good it it, it, it fits. But no. So, but this time, this way, it's even better because Huav and Chavs are too like. I feel like they're balanced so they can compete against each other. So if I had to pick another team, I don't think there's much else to pick from. Uh, I don't think Maritima has any chance at Europe anymore. I don't, I don't even think they're going to get there and to the group stage, but I don't think they're going to get there at the end of the season either. Vitaly Guimarães and Braga are always the same thing. Rioav and Chaves would be my bets. The other teams are all kind of odd. Like Boavista, they made some interesting transfers. And I really like the idea of um, Leonardo Ruiz up front, the sporting Loney. I think he's going to bring in more goals than either of their two previous strikers. That said, they don't have Yuim Davis and they relied on him a ton. And I don't think they really got anyone to replace that creative source. And I don't think they're going to climb up the table without it. For instance, I think they're solid. I don't. I think they're just going to do like this solid season mid-table. I don't expect them to overperform that early, but I guess if the Brazilian 19-year-old starts banging goals, uh, there's there's an option there. But I, I guess Passos could have an outside chance. They have, they have some really good players that didn't really click last season. I like both of their attacking mids, and I don't like the fact that they only play with one at the time, Andrezinho and Pedrinho. Andrezinho had a really good season two years ago, at the same time as Jota. And I thought they you could make the jump on this day. Yeah. And then Pedrinho... Uh, Welton, haven't they? Yeah, they've they kept, kept Welton yeah. so far. Pedrinho was brought in last season. There's a really good attacking mid as well. 
But what that makes is just, it's either him or Andrezinho playing and never the two at the same time or very rarely because when the two gets pushed to the wing and then, then it's not great. But they're both really good. Welton has, is being kept in and in case he leaves, uh, they brought in Boon Moreira again, the guy from... Uh, the guy uh, yeah. they, Their top scorer in the, the Jota slash Andrezinho season, he went to Thailand for a season, now he's back. And they have a couple of Australian guys, a couple of Aussies, who I think could do very well, especially the centre-back, Dylan McGowan. I say McGowan instead of McGowan because that's how Australian people say it. And he's really decent. Like, I think he has, I think he's going to be a good replacement for Jeje and he's going to start. And I feel like he could have an outside chance at the Australia World Cup squad even. So yeah, I'm I'm hopeful about him. I'm hopeful about him. I think this passes is going to impress a lot more than what they did this season. I don't think they're going to get into Europe because Braga, Vitoria, Huav, and Shavs are all stronger teams. But I think they I think they have a shout. They could do something interesting. And hopefully, just just to finish this up, hopefully Tondela won't have to suffer to the last second. Poor <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. hoping. Yeah, well, I uh, just uh, let, let me ask yeah. then, just to finish up, let me ask who is your main relegation candidate? And I'll tell you, mine by far, mine by far at the moment is Mourinho's because of a lot of reasons. I don't trust Manel Machado in the main division team anymore. I just don't think he's, he can cut it. And their transfers just haven't been good enough. They lost a couple of very important players. Their player, The players that they brought in are the usual Manel Machado pickups, which are between lower league Brazilians and Northern Africans that, that are a mixed bag of either they can be okay or they're awful and never play. And they've just been bad. I think they're the worst team in the league at the moment. At the moment, looking at their squads purely on player quality, plus with the plus uh, staff quality or in manager quality, I think they might be the worst team in the league at the moment. I'm unfortunately not too op- not not too hopeful about Bolognese as well, but I I want to remain quiet on them. I think I don't know. Don't know what to do with them. Your thoughts? I think I agree with you about Morales. Poor old Manuel Machado seems to have. Uh definitely lost his mojo. Last season, he was manager at Aroca and Nacional. <laughs> and Moriens. Fantastic. Yeah, and Moriens. It must be some only kind of record. Uh, the, type, the type of things you only get here. Yeah, so Aroca and Nacional both went down. Uh, Moriens just avoided relegation, so it kind of tells you that uh, his career is maybe not uh, at its highest point. Jamie wrote an absolutely brilliant article at the tail end of last season or right after the last game about Tondela's amazing escape. And it really is. Two seasons in a row, they've just made the most miraculous of escapes when they looked odds on to go down weeks before the end of the season. They just managed to pull it out. So I don't know, it might be asking a bit much to do that three years in a row. Well, maybe they won't need to. Their squad looks decent. Their squad looks decent. They, I like the fact that they have Pedro Nuno from the start this season. The yeah. the, the attacking yeah. mid-on-one from Benfica really got going at the tailgate of last season and he uh, really, yeah. Yeah. really helped them push to stay in the league. Yeah, so I feel like he, he's going to start and he's going to be very important. And there, there are a couple of interesting players now. They have more options. They have Ricardo Costa, Champions League winner in the back. Who doesn't love that? Who does <laughs> not love that? Really? So, yeah. Ricardo Costa's gone there. Wow, amazing. Yeah, yeah he, Porto, he was, centre-back. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's where he won the Champions League, wow. and that's Valencia oh. and stuff. Oh. He was oh, I want to see season. that. Thirty-six. Isn't he like about thirty-six? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just about your age. Okay. Oh, I wish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I even imagine. I imagine he should start, and he's probably going to start with Ozoyu, who's a centre back who impressed me quite a bit since last January as well. Uh, so it's going to be important to have that guy since January. They brought yeah, in they a couple of interesting loans. Costa will be the captain this season. Um, yeah, so so he's gonna so he's gonna start for sure. I think he has a, he, he could do well for a season. He doesn't like they sit they sit quite deep. He doesn't have to push himself that much. And even if he does, their third centre back will be Nick Castle, which is another Australian centre back. I don't know what it is with us this season, which is another Australian centre back who looks very decent. Was a much younger guy, so so that's cool to see. And they brought in a couple of guys from a couple of guys on loan. Uh, just shame that they lost Murillo from Benfica. I share uh, the optimism for for a few of their players, to be honest, because um, I know they lost at the weekend, but no, no great hardship in in the grand scheme of things. But I think the difference between them this season and the past two is is that they haven't had their squad sort of too badly disrupted, which it was massively in the last two summers just, just turnover on turnover yeah yeah a bit like uh Avs this season but with without certainly on paper the quality the, yeah the level of quality yeah and um in both of the both of the last two campaigns it's only uh when about march or so where they've been able to sort of start get going and but they've kept kept the squad together they got that they got the trio in midfield of pedro nuno gonzalez and 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 helder tavares i think yeah. that's really really crucial keep keep that sort of trio together with with Montero and and maybe um and Jocker can come in and for for Nuno perhaps where needed yeah and they have they have a couple of new wingers Jocker as you said who can play out wide they have Tyler Boyd who I think is going to have a lot of minutes on loan from yeah. Victoria I like him he's quick um they have they have they brought in Peter on a like a uh, they signed Peter. I don't. I I found that quite odd because they didn't really give him minutes last season. So yeah, I, I thought he odd. was going to make a good impact last year. And uh, yeah, but yeah, they, they just... didn't give him minutes. And then at yeah. the end of the season, they signed him, and he was fine with it. Very odd. Yeah. Just yeah. just seemed like an odd deal from both parties. But okay, whatever floats their boat. But they have yeah. options. They're they're they they signed David uh, David Boone to a permanent deal as well. So that's important because he can play both sides of the of the defense, which is great. So yeah, so they have they have some they have some depth now as well. Uh, I think I think they can I think they can do well. Thing was to get Ramos uh, uh, tied down to New Deal as well in goal. Oh yeah, um, he's probably their most important player. Yeah, because I think he he looked like uh, he was sort of certain to leave in the summer. I think Chavs were were interested in him. Well, I suppose a lot of teams were interested, but to tie him down to a new deal, I think that could be I think that could be the most important one. I think we're done. I'm not sure if you guys have anything else to say, but if not, I'm just gonna plug in your where people can find you. Uh, so go ahead, Jamie. Uh, that was your your Twitter and where people can find you and where people can find your work and stuff like that. My Twitter handles um, fr football Jamie. Write for a variety of uh, different uh, sites, but uh, I tend to post links uh, on my Twitter, so you can uh, you can find some of the stuff there. Tom, uh, my Twitter handle is Portugal One P O R T U G O A L One, and that's. Uh, Again, I link anything I write or anything I find interesting on Portuguese football there. So uh, my the, the site, of course, is uh, 
www.portogol.net where you can find lots of articles about all uh, things Portuguese football, a lot of them written by the, our veritable host today, uh, Tiago Esteval, and uh, Jamie as well, writes uh, occasionally, once or twice, so hopefully a few more. Uh, you guys can find me at T-I-A-G-O-E-S-T-V on Twitter, Tiago E-S-T-V on Twitter. Uh, I plug in my stuff there all the time as well. Yeah, I think that's about it. If you guys want to leave uh, suggestions about the podcast, questions, all, all that sort of stuff. I mean, suggestions about the name as well, because I literally have no name. And do no fancy name, because the Portuguese League doesn't have a, a Bundesliga or Premier League or Serie A kind of name. It's just the Portuguese League. So we're kind of weak on the marketing department. So if you guys have suggestions about that, go ahead. And yeah, depending on how well received this is, we'll do it more often or less often, depending on that. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. And in case you're interested in these transfers and all of that, especially about the lower league teams uh, or the, the lower teams in the league, I'm going to be sharing a really large article for Portugal on uh, basically my thoughts on the transfer business of every team in the league. So expect that coming out soon. And yeah, uh, have a good start to the league and a good summer and yeah, awkward intro or awkward outro. Okay, bye. <laughs>